Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello guys, quick note before we get going this week. Uh, head over to thefootballfamily.co.uk to check out the Euro 16 written previews and also all of my Football Manager content. Uh, we have had some audio issues this week, so I've had to adjust the levels on Chris's mic. Um, it, it may be a struggle to hear him on occasions, but it's better than what the alternative was. So please enjoy regardless. Thank you very much. Good evening, welcome to this week's Man of the Post. I'm your host, I'm Chris, uh, and this is a Euro special Man of the Post. We'll be predicting and previewing the forthcoming Euro 2016 tournament in France. Uh, with me to help, I've got Ryan. Hello. And I've got Colin. Hi there. How are the pair of you? I'm good, thanks. You? Yeah, Grand Colin. Yes, good. Feeling the tension is building. Not long till Saturday. Are you excited about the whole thing? Um, I am, but yeah. probably because I've been a little bit bored since the end of the season, really. There is that awkward couple of weeks, isn't there? Well, for me, my season pretty much ended in January, when it was quite clear my team wasn't going to do anything this year. Um, so, yeah, I've been looking forward to a bit of excitement. A team I can actually get behind. Yeah. England. England, of course. Years with even numbers are good. Years with odd numbers are unbearable because there's barely any summer football. Apart from that terrible bit of pre-season that no one really seems to care about. Oh. And there's barely any players actually turn out. Well, next yeah. year we've got the Confederations Cup, which is obviously the one you get before the year before the World Cup from the host country. But years with odd numbers are generally sort of a dearth of football, isn't it? Mm. Um, and then we've got, of course, we've got the awkward sort of four weeks or so after this tournament ends as well. Where it's every day the same transfer story goes on until the transfer deadline day, and then it doesn't happen anyway. Yeah, I'm getting fed up as Latan to United. I think yeah. we're going to get De Gea to Real Madrid again, aren't we? Yeah, that's already come up, and then obviously the whole Vardy to Arsenal thing. Yeah, and oh, what do you reckon? The, what do you reckon the biggest deadline based transfer is going to be? I can imagine Chelsea doing something on the final day if they don't get any of their targets. Yeah. But I don't really know, to be honest. Is, is anybody going to go mental on Paul Pogba? I think so, they yeah. Could, couldn't they? That could, be, that could be the biggie. Depends what tournament he has as well, I guess. If he mm. plays quite badly, then his value might drop, so people might think I might be able to get him on the cheap. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, yes. Yeah. Well... As you mentioned, Paul Pogba, should we start with Group A and the hosts? Why not? Let's start with that, shall we? So this is Group A, this is France, uh, Romania, Albania and, um, I was going to say Scotland because I wrote S stroke land, but of course that's Switzerland. Um, so France, I've written a few notes here, so no competitive gains since the last World Cup in 2014. 
Qatar. They've been playing friendlies ever since. They won the last two competitions they hosted, of course, which was the Euros in 1984 and the World Cup in 1998. Um, they've had a particularly funny old build-up, haven't they? Because in their squad, they've got no Sacco um, through suspensions, and they've got no Matai and got no Raphael Varane through injury. And, of course, no Karim Benzema, because he's in trouble with the Rosers, and no Hatton Ben Arthur as well. Um, Ben's won 24 goals this season, Ben Arthur 17 goals this season, and it's all kind of a bit overshadowed by the whole North African, French, he's not been picked because Deschamps is a racist. Has anyone been keeping up to date with this? Only slightly. I've seen the things about Deschamps and you know all the allegations that have come out. Um, it's all very, very bizarre, isn't it? Considering they're the host country, you'd think that they'd be focusing on a bit more than the selection of, of a player or not. Um, but it, it's all very bizarre, isn't it? So that, that was that whole thing with Benzema and was it Valbuena? Yeah. That's all going a bit weird and yeah, it's just a bizarre situation. Yeah, well, um, Eric Antar made those quotes about Didier Deschamps and Didier Deschamps is now taking legal advice and suing Eric Cantona, to which Cantona said it's the only aggressive thing he's ever done in his football career. Uh, there's very bad blood between the two of them anyway because... Um, do you remember this, Colin, when Cantona called Deschamps a little water carrier? That was all he did, was just hit the ball up and move with it. I don't recall that, but that's, that's very Cantona. Yeah. Um, and, of course, today we're recording this on the Monday, and we've had people arrested in uh, somewhere. It was the Ukraine or something, was it? Or was it arrested in France? They were, they were planning something, uh, a terrorist attack in Euro 2016. This is quite a pivotal thing for France, isn't it? A nice win at the Euros here it could do an awful lot for the French psyche and French nation couldn't it Colin? Yeah I think so I mean I, I think um, you know as far as tournaments go I mean I think France is a good place to have it as anywhere else we've had some pretty potty places for, for major tournaments and I think it's just nice to have it in a sort of what I'd call a, you know a bit of a sane place for once Yeah um, How do you reckon they're going to do I mean that Sacco and Varane and Matteo, they're three fairly key players. Then you've got Patrick Sever, who's 35, and then you've got um, Patrick Sanya, who's 33, as their fullback. Stephen Koscielny and maybe someone like Christophe Chalet in defence. It's quite an exposed defence, isn't it? It is, but I think, you know, considering the opposition, I don't think the opposition's going to have that much attacking threat that it's going to be too much of a problem. And I think it's going to be, I think they'll be all right for the first. You know, a few games, but then once they get past that point, I think they're sort of, as you said, it's quite keen, really. Mm. Um, I did my little, I did a little first eleven for France, seeing as though the host nation, so I thought I might as well do. I got Lloris in goal, and I got Evra Koscielny, Christophe Jalli, and Bakri Sanya, Schneiderlin, Matuidi, um, defensive midfielders, and I've got Kingsley Common, Paul Pogba, Anthony Martial, and Antoine Griezmann up front. They're pretty well stacked going forwards aren't they I mean if you look even through the squad those that probably won't start you've still got um, you've got Nagano and Kante you've got Young Bai uh, Dimitri Payet um, you've got Giroud who scored two goals of the day versus Scotland didn't he plus his hat-trick on the last game of the season for Arsenal and then you've got Gignac as well they're well stacked going forwards aren't they yeah absolutely um do you think they win the group? The last game is in Lille versus Switzerland, doesn't it? Do you reckon they win, 
I think they will. Yeah, I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine in the group stage. And then, you know, as we said, the defense is a bit spotty, so they might end up having problems when they get past that point. But I can't see Switzerland, Romania, or Albania sort of giving them too much to think about in those first few games, especially because of the, the atmosphere that's going to be around them and being the host nation, the expectations are going to be quite high. But I think that they're, they're more than well capable to deal with the clubs they've got, the teams they've got. Sorry. Uh, Colin, how do you reckon France would do? I mean, you think through the the group stages, you think they're going to win? Well, this this may be a little bit tough for them. I mean, the thing is, the expectancy is going to be that they're going to cruise this group. You know, you look at some of the groups, and some are tougher than others. This is easy. So France should cruise. They should win this group easy. But that in itself may create more pressure, because if they don't, or they have a, a little bit of a sticky start, then the pressure's going to be put on, and because of the host nation, the media there's going to be putting pressure on them. So... There's going to be that, but I mean, honestly, I mean, Albania, they could have a field day against them, surely. Uh, you thought so. Albania qualified second in Group 1. Um, they were below Portugal, but they had qualified Denmark and Serbia. Um, and they beat Portugal away as well. You remember the Serbia game where they had the little drone, all that little band? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was... I was I, mean, I don't know if I'm moving on to Albania too quickly, but well, let's move on to Albania. Uh, Albania are the poorest team in it, I think. Do you think I wrote Republic of Ireland? Uh, uh, yes, but I guess you know they have shown spirit at times. But Al- Albania are, are what I think they're 250 to one for a reason. Wow, that's um, still, still a five thousand to one. All that's gone out the window now. Ah, uh, yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> Um, well, of course, Albania, you've got the, the Xhaka derby, haven't you? You've got Granite playing for Switzerland, uh, and when you meet in the first game, you'll be playing um, Torna, his brother, for Albania. Who's the better one? Is it the Swiss guy? <laughs> yeah, it's, well, he's the guy that's just joined Arsenal. Right. Well, Albania did score the lowest number of goals of all the teams that qualified for the Euros. They only scored 10. Um they got Lorik Karnarik, who used to be at Sunderland as well, um, and they beat they beat Qatar three one in a friendly. That helps Sweden. It doesn't. No. No. You think these are the whipping boys, do you? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, in teams like France, are just gonna I think just walk all over them. I think the power that they've got in the midfield will sort of just dominate the play and dominate the possession, and then. Teams like Switzerland have got that nice attacking threat that I think, if Albania's defence is you know on a bad one anyway, then they'll, they'll sort of just go through it. I don't mean I'm too much about Romania, so I don't know what that game's going to be like, but I can imagine Romania are the better team if that's the case. Uh, what they're compared to Albania's? Well, Colin can tell us all about Romania, can't you? Because you, Colin, I'm tapping the mic here. Are you still there? Yeah, uh, Romania. What do you know about Romania? Jo- George Haji worked so fast. There you go. George jo- 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 Haji. Yeah, he, he, he's not there. But he was a cracking player, and if they if they play with the spirit of Haji, then they, they could be all right. No, they're dreadful as well. Um, <laughs> Who's their key player? I've no idea. <laughs> I've no idea. No, these are the the minnows who are, who are there to make up the numbers, aren't they? We've got twenty four teams this year. With regret. You know, Albania and Romania, I think, are some of the 
the fillers. They're the, the bad songs on the album. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Sort of track ten kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, they qualified second in Group F um, below Northern Ireland, but they were ahead of Hungary, Finland, uh, the Faroe Islands, and Greece. Uh, Faroe Islands, of course, who beat um, Greece, Spanish by anybody? No. Greece were managed by Claudio Ranieri. Ah. Whatever yeah. to him. They sacked him. They did, yes. Um, Sh- shit, any. <laughs> whatever he did. Well, you say that about Romania as well. They only conceded two in qualifying. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, the thing. This is the thing, isn't it? You know, we go back to qualifying. If if we if we go on qualifying, then then England should be world beaters. Um, I, I think there's only so much you can you can take from some of the qualification that's happened here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like it's not like the standard, you know, equal across the entire sort of. You know, pool of teams is you know that's got a gulf in between the t- between the top team and the bottom team. What you think what, in, in their group? No, in, in in sort of qualifying, as Colin said, you know the, the qualifying doesn't exactly mean much going forward because of the the gulf in the quality of the teams that are there. Yeah, I mean they had a pretty easy group. I mean those teams I read out weren't exactly well beaters. I mean, they've had some friendly since. They beat Georgia 5-1, uh, drew 1-1 with Dr. Congo, and um, lost 4-3 at home to the Ukraine. They got Kostel Pantelimon as reserve keeper um, from Watford, and Vlad Chiriches. Remember him? The Spurs? Now at Napoli? Yes, I do, actually. Um, I seem to remember Spurs fans being a bit meh about him. Spurs fans are a bit meh about a lot of people, though. That's true. That's true. Um, Qualifying's a little odd, isn't it? I'm not entirely sure how it works. I suppose we should have read up on that. But you do, you can get three teams go through, can't you? Yeah. Do you want me to take you through that, Chris? Oh yes, go on, please. Right. Twenty-four teams. Only sixteen go through past the group stage. So that means we've got to lose eight. So the top two. Are automatically through in each group, and then of the third place pieces. Say that again. You broke. You've got six groups of four, and then of the third places, yeah. Four of the six only go through. So the best four third place teams. Yeah. Yes, and that's based on number of points, and if that's equal goal difference and if that's equal goal scored and if that's equal get on this fair play fair play well that's yes. football's renowned for fair play that'll be good for England then because Roy said that they're not going to dive <laughs> that, I was just thinking that when you said <laughs> we're going to win the honest way aren't we that's obviously worked out for so many other teams in the past yeah yeah. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> just, just, just on that though, guys. One thing, because obviously we've got more teams in it this time round. Mm. I think what we're going to see overall as a tournament might not be particularly great viewing in some games. It, it gives an advantage to if you play defensive. And so lot of people have said this, haven't they? Well, yeah. I mean, if you imagine it, I mean, potentially you could get through 
Is this right? Yeah, you could get through not winning. Um, and if you win, then you put it, putting yourself in pretty much a good position. Um, so if even if you are a poor team, if you can defensively hold out and put every, you know put everybody, you know, park the bus if you like, then that may be your sort of your strategy. Would that not encourage you to try and win your group, come top, and get some dodgy third place team in the next round? Yeah, I think that would. Yeah, you, you think winning the group would, yeah, put you in a very good position. I think that's actually quite interesting thinking about it because yeah, normally when you get to the knockout stages, it's quite competitive. The level of the teams is quite high. But if you're getting a third place team that only finished on two points, for example, you know, out, out of everyone else, you know, that's not saying a lot about the quality of that team. They may have, as Colin said, just defended and, and you know, ground out a draw in two games. Well, what's also interesting as well is that if by playing really defensively, a couple of the outsiders actually do make it through to the next round, depending on where everybody finishes, and it could be very, very close, you could end up with a draw in the next round that's very lopsided. So you could have Germany, France, Spain, Italy on one side, if you like, and then Sweden, Wales, other teams, yeah, on the other side, and... The way way you finish in the group actually could be really really important. So you could see potentially, I reckon, some what you may say are weaker teams going quite far in a competition. Um, we'll go back to Group A then. Last up is Switzerland. Um, or Kosovo, seeing as most of their players come from there. Uh, they qualified in second place in England's group, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, they weren't all that, were they? No, well, they've got um, key players. They've got Ricardo Rodriguez of Wolfsburg, Granit Xhaka, we mentioned earlier on, and Steven Lichsteiner, who's probably the biggest complainer in world football for Juventus. Uh, and then they've got Valon Barami. Johan, do you remember him of Arsenal? Who? Johan Juru. I honestly can't. Honestly. He was around the same time as Sendros, because of course Sendros hasn't made this squad either. And. Um, and lastly, goes Jadon Sakiri of Stoke. It's not a bad team, really, is it? Like if you pick up those those players, it's not not the worst squad ever. I mean, there's definitely players there that can make a difference in a game. Yeah, I mean they've got some strong fullbacks and a decent midfield. It's just have they got enough um, going further forward as a goal scoring threat? You'd sort of query, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean they're attacking. You've got the, it's almost like you've got the creative players and the wingers almost. If you're taking the fullbacks as wingers, hmm. and then yeah, you, who's going to be finishing it? That's that is the question really. I think that's probably where they'll struggle to be honest. They might end up creating quite a few chances, but no one can actually put it away. Yeah, they're missing like a Alexander Fry or a sort of yeah. or something like that from days gone by. Um, well, they beat Moldova two one and lost to Belgium two one in the friendlies. So yeah. yeah. So, who's going through out of this group, guys? I'd say primarily France and Switzerland. And then, again, it depends whether Romania can probably maybe ground out a draw somewhere, maybe pick up another point. Cause I, but I don't think Albania or Romania will be one of the best of um, best four third-place teams. Because I think if you look at the other groups, there's, there's teams that have got more potential to pick up points in their group. 
So I think it'll be a bit. I don't, I don't think they'll get away with it, unfortunately. Hmm. Colin, what do you reckon? France top the group, Switzerland second, and I would give Romania a chance if they beat Albania and give them a bit of a spanking. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the, I think, as, as Ryan said, they, they may be one of the two that might miss out if they finish third. Who's the highest FIFA ranked group, uh, FIFA ranked team in this group? France, surely. Ryan? Yeah, it's, it's got to be France, uh, unless you're about to pull out some outrageous statistic. France are 21st in the FIFA rankings. Ooh. Switzerland are 14. I imagine that's probably got a lot to do with France not playing qualifying matches. Probably. I, I mean, it'd be interesting. How do they do those rankings? Do they count it on um, competitive games? or? I don't know. I, don't think they, I think they do to some extent in who you play. I mean, if they've just been dicking around playing teams from the Middle East and whatever, then, you know. Maybe they... Um, well, no, they beat Scotland, did they? <laughs> Saying that, they beat Scotland the other day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's Group A done. Group B, Colin, you're all over this one, not surely. Mother Russia. Mother Russia. <laughs> well, before Mother Russia. <laughs> oh, England. Yes, yes. yes. <coughs> Perfect qualifying record, wasn't it? Yeah, again, though, you know, I, w- I wouldn't take uh, too much comfort from that. I mean, I, th- I think what we can see with England is the recent friendlies and things like that that I hope Roy Hodgson has a plan for England because I can't see it but um, he's going to be fair isn't he he's not going to cheat that's what his plan is that's going to be so that is the plan doesn't matter what line they pick <laughs> yeah that's honest there's a, a reason actually Young's not going to the tournament guys well I've written here um, 4-3-3 or midfield dynamo diamond question mark I don't know why what, I wrote that would, would Rooney be on the behind the strikers then? Well, I don't know because we kind of talked about this last week. My okay for weaknesses, I've written three centre backs. So you have once you know you get one of these centre backs suspended or injured, you then have to move Eric Dyer back into uh, centre back, and then you shorten defensive midfield, which kind of asks why didn't you take Danny Drinkwater? And then does Rooney drop back to a more defensive midfield role? Just out of interest, I can't, I I can't see that working. You, you can. I can't. No, I can't no, see I can't. Rooney. No, Rooney sitting back, he'd it, it, lose us the game, I reckon. I'd, yeah. I, I can't see that. But who else do you have in defensive midfield? Uh, I was going to say Jack Wilshere or someone, but that's he not even a great him. suggestion either. <laughs> He'd probably get injured in the first minute of the first game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Colin, next to strengths, so I've got three question marks. Go on. No, oh, no, oh, right, okay. <laughs> Help me. What, England's strengths? Yeah. Okay, let me be Mr. England. Let me be positive. Um, I think if you can put a positive spin on some of the confusion with the team, I think we've had a good clear out of a lot of players who've been there for a long time. I was a big fan of Lampard, big fan of Gerrard, but those days have gone. Okay? The only, you know old guy if you like that's there is Wayne Rooney and then the next most experienced player is probably Hart maybe Cahill um, I think what well, is an average age of 25 and I think for once if England 
are going to do anything. They're going to have to actually work as a team. I think in the past you could maybe say they've been guilty of Lampard does this job, um, Gerard does this, Rooney does that, whatever. This time I think they're going to have to cover for each other because um, I don't think the team's strong enough defensively. Um, but I think if they do that, they could probably get the best out of themselves. And I think a lot of it will come down to, to the team that Roy picks. So I think that I honestly do think that Vardy's got a part to play in this tournament if you use him correctly. I'm a bit annoyed that this Arsenal speculation has come out now because it can't be helping him with his preparation. Well, you know, Wenger is French. Maybe it's all some sort of massive ploy to give France an edge in the tournament, you know. You think? It, it, it's always bad timing and it's almost like Vardy needs to come out and say, ah, oh, I'm not talking about anything until after the Euros. Because that's what a lot of players do. They say, look, let me do the tournament first. Let me focus on my country. And then we'll sort all that out afterwards. Yeah. But it, it, it's that sort of... Again, it's they've done it before where the team's at the hotel and you've got people there not talking about the squad. They're talking about players, individual players that could be on the move. People that might have to be excused from training to talk to an agent or something. And it, it's just damaging to everyone's morale, really. Because you've got a team that's probably thinking... A couple of those players are thinking, well, I could be playing with Vardy next season. Why don't I have a word with him now, since we're all together, and try and convince him? Mm. But you're not talking about the game plan. You're not talking about how you're going to interact with each other. And as Colin said, you know, we've got to be quite dynamic. I did see you know, some... People alley, you've got to move around, and it, it's got to be a dynamic experience where everyone sort of swaps positions and says, well, I'll cover for you if you go forward, but that conversation won't happen. I did see someone the other day say that a major reason to have taken Danny Drinkwater was because um, Jamie Vardy's obviously had a very successful season built around uh, a big team ethic and strong work ethic, and it would have been nice to have someone from that team who knows how he plays with him to bring out his strengths. Absolutely, and I think Drinkwater is one of those players as well that you'd you'd trust in that position. You'd trust him in the team. You'd say, "I need you to go out there, sit in defensive midfield, and do your job." And, and a lot of these England players, for me, I think they've got too much of a, probably an attitude that they just think, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, people that are probably a bit too cocky. Jack Wilshere comes to mind. He's a bit of a... <laughs> for, for me, he's one of those players where I, I don't... I wouldn't trust him to do the job. I'd, I'd just hope that he does what he does best. So and that's why Hudson takes him. You're kind of going a bit against what Colin said. It, no, I mean, I, it's almost that thing of, like... Drinkwater would add something to the team. Wilshere, obviously, it's good that he would be able to dynamically do something. I just think, you know, as you said, Drinkwater's not going. And in the in the case where you do lose a defender and Dyer has to slip back, you, you almost want someone to come into that defensive midfield role that knows what they're doing and would play the game that they need to play. Whereas a few of the other players would probably be a bit sort of, again, not very well-versed in that position. Yeah. That made us something a bit rash, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay, so we've had three friendlies. We had a 2 1 win against Turkey, a 2 1 win against Australia, and a 1 0 win against Portugal, albeit with 10 men. Um, Colin, how far, how, how far in this competition do you think we're going to go? <laughs> it depends. It's different types of England. I mean, you could also go back to the friendly against Germany. Yes, yes, you could. Couldn't you? If England play like that, England can win it, right? If England play like they did against Portugal, they could be struggling to get out of the group, right? Um, 
so you, you never know with England. And I think this is why the formation is going to be important. Um, so I, I w- hopefully we don't take too... Hopefully there isn't too much of a guide to go on from the friendlies because they, they weren't particularly awe-inspiring, were they? Even though we did get the wins, but... Uh, well, the winner of Group B plays the third place group in A, C or D. Um, and if you put a runner-up in Group B, you play the runner-up of group, runner of group F, which is Austria, Hungary, Iceland or Portugal. So even if you become a runner-up, you've got a fairly easy toddle on through, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, uh, again, I'm moving <coughs> on a little bit, but England's first game is on Saturday, it's against Russia. I have actually done my homework on Russia. You, oh. you may be surprised, Chris. One question before we do Russia. Yeah, go on. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, oh, let's talk about England. I'm, I'm happy to talk about England. Oh, no, 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 sorry. This is just one, one more question. Sorry, one quick question for Ryan, and then one question for both. So, Ryan, how, what do you reckon we're going to do? I think we'll, we'll win the group. Uh, where we go from there, I don't know. I think we'll get through to maybe the quarterfinals. I'd like to think, uh, but when we start facing the big, big teams, I think we're going to start. Showing our either lack of experience or that they'll just be better better than us on the day. It's good to see that we are grinding out wins, though. I think they weren't awe inspiring, as you said, Colin. But it's good that we're actually, for once, getting the job done. And if we can do that in the tournament, that'd be great. Okay, a quick question for both of you. Think back to previous tournaments where we've lost to Portugal with goals that were ruled out for offside. Um, Wayne Rooney stamping on Ricardo Carvalho's knackers and. Things like that. If we if we lose to some dodgy continental shenanigans in the later stages of the tournament, and we get knocked out rather controversially, are we going to vote Brexit? Is the nation going to vote to leave? Uh, and, and conversely, if we do really, really well, do you reckon we'll vote to remain? I don't think it'll have any effect whatsoever. Harold <laughs> Wilson reckons he won the 1966 general election on the back of the World Cup. Interesting. I mean, there is, you know, there probably is going to be a correlation for some people that they'll look at it and go, well, actually, you know, we've got to defend this title in four years or something, and whether that would have an impact. That question will come up for some people. Um, If it's a controversial decision, I, I don't think that's going to make too much of a difference. But, I mean, the good thing is there's going to be less of a, you know, bad decision-making process because it's just the referees. At least that's goal-line technology to just this time. Imagine Ronaldo winking again as Rooney trundles off the pitch, head in hand. I can imagine Rooney, uh, Ronaldo would do that and then return to Mid- Man United in the summer. Because <laughs> didn't, didn't he leave last time? No, was he, stayed, that, was... he stayed for another two years, didn't he? Oh, did he? Because yeah. there was... At the time, I was like, maybe he wants to leave, and this is him trying to... <laughs> oh, that was it. It was Suarez. That was, that's a similar one. Suarez did something where once he bit someone in the summer, I was like, that's it, he wants to leave, and then he got his move. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, there might be some players trying to do some cheeky shenanigans and uh, think, oh, maybe I'll get a move away now. Yeah. Right. Right, we'll be going for half an hour, and we talk about five teams. Only 19 left. Um, Russia, Colin, you said you know about these. I do, I do know that one player for Russia is called Shatov. <laughs> yeah um, yeah I mean what I was going to say about Russia is um, if there's ever been an opportunity to use Vardy to his strength Russia's the game ok why is that um, unlike England we've got we've got a very youthful team I think the average age is about 25 
Russia are the other end of the scale. Experienced players, but their legs have gone. So, especially in defence, they've got quite an old defence. Um, that obviously doesn't make them bad, you know, and their, their midfield is a little bit creaky as well. And again, that's not bad, and if they're solid enough, then that's great. But balls over the top, I think, is what Jamie Vardy thrives off. And, and I think he could open up Russia quite easily. Um, and likewise, I think Bale could have a little bit of fun with the, the Russian defence as well. Um, but will Roy be brave enough to start Vardy up front on his own? Well, in the most forward position against Russia in the first game, I very much doubt it. Um, but yeah, it's just a thought. I mean, but... The manager's it, called Slutsky. Slutsky. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I, it would be nice to get a win, but we all know Roy. I think he's going in position because it's the first game. Is going to be whatever you do, boys, don't lose. Um, and so I think this could be a bit of a boring one. I don't, I don't know what you guys think. I think so. I think it's going to be like one-one or something. Yeah, I think the, it, it's going to be a tough game. I think, as you said, Roy's he's going to want to try and avoid what's happened in the last tournament, and you know, because a loss could be quite damaging to the morale of the players, but also the nation. I think if you lose someone like Russia, you're probably thinking, well, what are our chances now for the final two games? And, and, and it will start raising questions. And I think that's where England will start failing. Is a bad performance in that first game could pretty much kill their confidence for the rest of the tournament. Um, sorry, I'm just. Has anyone seen Marion Fellaini's hair? I've just seen it. It's an abomination. It looks like the love child of Carlos Valderrama and Tina Turner. <laughs> it looks Colin. even worse than Ramsey's hair, which is doing something. Yeah, he's, he's bleached it, Colin. Yeah. Has he? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, wow. He looks like a right muppet. <laughs> there you go. Um, right, well, speaking of Aaron Ramsey, Wales. Um, they qualified second in uh, Group B behind Belgium, uh, who Wales took four points from. Now, they scored 11 goals in qualifying, of which Bale scored seven and assisted two. Are they a one-man team? Are they the Southampton in the 90s with Matt Letizia of international football? I wrote Aaron Ramsey, Joe Ledley and Ashley Williams next to Gareth Bale. I can't see anybody else. I mean, they're all sort of championship players at best aren't they well Aaron Ramsey no no those four yeah but I mean I think I think maybe you're looking at the weaknesses I think you look at their strengths I think I think one thing you can say about Wales is that they are maybe a little bit unlike England they're a complete team outfit and I think they, they do actually play as a team and, and they know hey they know Bale's their key guy so they work for him Whereas I think, you know, if you look at England, for example, there's a few players in there who probably think they're stars. And um, there isn't that same sort of work ethic. Um, I, I think the first game will be important because I think out of this group, Slovakia is going to be the team you're looking at to beat. That's Wales's first game. And I think unlike England, who might be reserved against Russia in the first game, I think Wales might go hell for leather against Slovakia and try and get the win. Well, and if they beat... Spain qualified, didn't they? And they beat Germany in a recent friendly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, sorry. So you reckon... Sorry, you're saying about Wales, sorry. 
Well, no, I, I just reckon <coughs> if, if if Wales are going to do something in this tournament, then they've, they've got to go out there and beat Slovakia in the first game. Um, because you'd like to think that Russia might have a go at them, possibly a draw. You'd you hope in England should beat them. They should beat them. So they're going to have to get some points against them as well, or else that Wales could be in trouble. Okay, Ryan, how do you reckon Wales are going to go? I think they'll do well. I think you know, as Colin said, that they're going to see that first game as an opportunity to get their goal tally up, and also that you know pick up three points early on. If they do end up finishing second or even if they're the third place team, I think they'd be in a very they're going to put themselves in a very good position to be the one of the four teams that goes through from that space. Yeah, and you know, as you said. Bale is their man and they know that so he, he regardless of what people think he's a fantastic player and he can turn a game on its head regardless of the opposition I think mm. he's that good so it, it'd be interesting I think they could probably pit Russia to second I'd like to think and then I, I think they can do well uh, whether they can beat England or not as Colin said England should be winning that but you know Wales are a good team they'll put, they'll put it all up and they might end up nabbing something I've had a funny thought about this because you talk about pressure one thing England don't like is pressure right especially from the media imagine if Wales do win their first game against Slovakia three points England draw against Russia one point the next game for Wales is that uh England what happens then let's say that's a draw that's all Wales need four points they're through right That'll put England on two points. And then England would pretty much be needing to get a win against Slovakia, who are not going to try and play England. They're not going to try and beat England. They're going to just put all their men behind the ball. Do, do you think this group might be have a little bit of a surprise in it? Um, I think so, yeah. I think this is... This is quite tough to call. I think Russia, Russia could be the whipping boys in this group, I think. Um, Slovakia, I think, as I said, they've had a few good results against some few big teams. Wales, you know, Gareth Bale's on song, um, and he gets a free kick in, or he gets a uh, sort of uh, that goal like he scored in the Copa del Rey that time. Then they could spring a surprise. Yeah, I think Colin's right. I think you know the, 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 that sort of situation that he described is something that I can definitely see happening especially if Russia come out in that first game and England are quite reserved and we don't actually end up getting the goal. You know, Wales could be in a very good position to think, we're, we're here just enjoying ourselves almost. You know, the, I don't know what the pressure's like in Wales or the Welsh media, but I can imagine that it's quite like, we're just happy to be involved, we're going to give it our all and we'll hopefully see some good football. So, I mean, they're going to be pretty sort of thinking, we can get through this group and we can probably beat England at the same time, which is what they're going to love. Yeah, that, that, I think... That's going to be quite a big thing, isn't it? Rudy's already said that that's probably the key game in the group. Um, group C! Gosh, we've done two groups already. We're only 46 minutes into recording. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on tight, everybody. <laughs> we will see this through to the bitter end. Uh, right, Group C. I've written very open group next to this. This is Germany, Ukraine, Poland and Northern Ireland. Um... Germany, as you probably would have guessed, have qualified first in Group D, and they were ahead of Poland. Um, Marco Royce has been left out of this group, uh, or this this squad. Um, 
Max Hummels is in, but he's got a torn car So now they lost 2 0 to Poland in qualifying. They lost um, to Ireland as well in qualifying, Republic of Ireland in qualifying. And they lost to Slovakia, as we just said, 3 1. Have we got something to worry about for this German team, or are they on the decline? Well, I'll, I'll go first if you like. Do we need to do we need to worry about the German team? Yes, that's it, really. Well, they've lost yeah, people they're... like Philip Lahm as well, um, but they have got Thomas Muller, I suppose, haven't they? I think it, it, you can't underestimate Germany in a in a tournament. I mean, regardless of, of what their friends have been like or what the qualifying qualifying has been like, that they are a different machine when it comes to sort of, you know tournament time. And they've got the players in there that are going to, you know, see the opportunity to, you know, make the headlines, and they love these experiences. This is what they're there for. A loss in their friendly is not going to bother them too much. They're probably just going to use that as motivation to come out in that first game and just smash whoever they've got. They're just going to have their eyes on the prize, and they're always a team to worry about, regardless of results. They're always a team to worry about. Joe, you know I'm in this quiz thing we had to do for Ross the other day. Uh, we had to write our player of the tournament down, and I realised I missed the trick because I didn't write this name down. I should have written Drax down. I think this could be a tournament made for him, couldn't it? I, I think we've said it before. Drax is a great player. You know, when we were doing our recaps of the Champions League, he's he was always in a highlight of some description. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. And yeah, he, it's definitely his time to sort of shine and, and prove the player that he is. Um, Lucas Podolski is in this squad. How many caps do you think Lucas Podolski has got? Either of you? Ninety-two. Why? Eighty something. Higher. Both uh. of you higher. I was sort of thinking it can't be over a hundred, surely. But a hundred and twenty-seven. That's like Robbie Keane, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> like that Iranian guy, is it Ali Dyer or something, who got a hundred and whatever. Casillas has got 150 odd as well, hasn't he? Will Podolski? Do you think Podolski will get another cap in the tournament, or is he just there as a bit part player to uh, warm the bench? I'm not sure because you've got Sherlock who kind of play false nine, haven't you? You've got Thomas Muller, obviously, uh, and the other striker they've taken is Mario Gomez. Um, 27 goals and 63 caps. I don't know. They, you can kind of see him coming on, but for those 127 caps, he's got 48 goals. So I don't know. I was just very surprised when I saw that. That was all. Yeah, it, it's a lot, you know, especially in the modern game. Yeah. Where he, he's moved around a lot. I mean, where's he playing at the moment? He's a Galatasaray. Yeah. So it, 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 it's not like normally a national team sort of is dependent on where you're playing almost. Mm. So he's just been a constant throughout his entire career, which is great for him. You know, fair play to him for sticking in the team. It's just, yeah, 127 caps, that, that's a lot. I say twice as many as Sammy Kadira. Oh. <laughs> that's very odd. Um, anyway, that kind of distracts a little bit from what we're on about. Uh, are we talking about the winners of the tournament here? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. yes. Yeah, I think, I mean, you look at that midfield. The midfield, this is just a squad, so try and pick three foot four players out of this to play. You've got. Emre Chan, Bastian Schweinsteiger, who, you know, debatable. You've got Sammy Kadira, Mesut Ozil, Tony Cruz, Julian Traxler, Mario Goetze, uh, Andre Scherler, Leroy Sane, and Julian Vigo. There's some names in there, isn't there? 
It's a very, very good squad, isn't it? <laughs> it looks really good. I mean, the, the only thing, I, I allude back to the England friendly, they are beatable, but I don't see any other team in this group beating them. No. I mean, even if there's an injury to Manuel Neuer, you've got to stay in, haven't you, in goal? Yeah, it's not, it's not like the backup choices are terrible players. You've got a lot of those players are playing at the top of their leagues, wherever they're playing. And then, yeah, you take Neuer, he's understudies, you know, a great goalkeeper as well. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think we could be looking at a team that goes incredibly deep into this tournament. I, I, I think these could be. Uh, I think these could win, personally. And I, I, I know it's not a major leap in the dark to say, but it's difficult to see past them. Yeah, especially when you look at the other teams in the tournament. You, you just, you know, because it's because it's just obviously the European teams. You don't get those other teams that are going to be that sort of to, at that level squad wise. And we've all seen sort of Spain have been a you know very up and down recently, and it, it's difficult to see any other team being as good as Germany's especially squad level, if you just look at the squad, that there's no team really that can compete with that. No, I don't think so. I mean, even that France team, you look at their forward options, it's not as good as Germans, is it? No. Sorry, Colin, you're going to take it. No, I was just going to say, um, just to go back a bit, you know, I think that if, because of the potential teams playing defensively, you could have a little bit, again, an uneven draw. So you could, it could be a little bit one-coid. And, and you could have a lot of big teams playing each other, and that might be the only sort of banana skin for Germany. Wonkoid, if the diff- wonkoid. Um A bit wonky. Oh, okay. um, is, that, is that more or le- less wonky than wonky? Um, it's, it's wonky-ish. It's but, not wonky-er. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if Germany hit another big name early on, then that that could be an issue for them, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm in full agreement. Yeah, that they, they could be potential winners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the runners up of Group C um, will play the runners up of Group A, which is that Albania, France, Romania, Switzerland group we're on mm. about. Um, and the winners of Group C will play. Uh, you know, will play a third place group. So yeah, if you, you it's one of these ones where you get a kind draw um, in the next round and. You're sorted, aren't you? Um, next team in the Group C is uh, Ukraine, isn't it? They qualified third in Group C behind Spain and Slovakia. Um, they got midfield. They got Andrei Yarmolenko and Antony Timoshuk, formerly of Dortmund. Um, and in the friendlies, they beat Romania four-three and Albania three-one. I have to say, other than Yarmolenko and Timoshuk, who's probably failing a mind more than anything else, I've not heard of anybody else. Has anyone? Plus, you've got you've got the problems that Ukraine has in Ukraine's country, and then that could either spur them on or um, hold them back. They won Eurovision, right? Is she playing? Uh, no, but she might be singing for them, right? You know, like um, back home for the 1970 World Cup. Was it 1970? I don't know. Either way, well, maybe it wasn't a very good song. She didn't win it, but. I don't know. They may be, they may be enthused by that. Yeah. Um, no, my, my particular take with, with this be, would be that uh, you've got Germany and three non-players, basically. Three, really? three teams. Three teams that wouldn't make a World Cup. You've, you've, I think I think you've got teams that have got a couple of good players, 
but then the the rest of the squad is made up of people that you wouldn't have seen. So for Ukraine, it's Yamalenko is the big name. You know, Poland, it's Lewandowski. And well, Lewandowski, you've got for Poland, you've got Lewandowski, and you've got Lukas Piszczek at Dortmund, and then you've got um, Arkadiusz Milik, who's got twenty-one goals and thirty-one Polish uh, in twenty-one goals and thirty-one games for Ajax this season. But I, yeah. I take I take your point. Um, Northern Ireland, you've got you've got uh, Will Briggs, yes, and Carl Lapti as well. Haven't you? Yeah. What I will give Northern Ireland, because say if you look at the bookies betting there, the, the outsider, okay. On a list of eight said of who's going to win it, they're last on the list. They're said, but Northern Ireland are unbeaten in twelve. They've not lost for a year, have they? Yeah, their defence is very, very strong, and this tournament I think is going to play into that. So, I think that's going to be their game. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I wrote dark horses with a question mark next to their name, not so much for winning the thing, but for doing well in this group. I don't think I think they'll do well to get three draws. They'll definitely cause the other teams problems, though. And they'll definitely make it a very interesting and probably very tense final game. Yeah, you can imagine thing, them being very big players in that regard. Yeah, but you've got Roy Carroll who's thirty-eight in goal, and you've got a thirty-six-year-old Aaron Hughes who's been dolling about in Melbourne City for the last year or so. But they have got Carl Lafferty, like you said, seven goals in qualifying, and he's Northern Ireland's second highest goal scorer after Ryan. Uh, I don't actually know. George Best. No, come on! I think he played for Leeds this play only about ten years ago. David Healy. Yeah, he did play for Leeds, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. So you know they, they have had a draw against Slovakia in the friendly and um, beat Belarus three 0 Um minor thing with there's only five Premier League level players in the squad but does that play into some kind of one for all and all for one mentality they might have I think I think so you know it's the same argument that Colin said about with Wales you know they're a, a team that they know how to play as a team because they, they haven't got a lot of big stars that want to be the centre of attention they're going to have players that all work together and they all know their role and they, they, they work as a team to get the job done so who do you reckon is going throughout this group? Germany is pretty much a shoe, isn't it? I'm going to go Germany, Northern Ireland in the top two. I'd say Germany and I'd like. To, I think I'm going to say Poland, and then Northern Ireland and maybe Ukraine at the bottom. Yeah, Colin. I agree with Brian. Germany and Poland for me. Of course, Lukas Podolski was born in Poland, wasn't he? Yes, of course he was. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I don't have a facts checker, I'm afraid. Do you know, I can say anything. Do you know, he was born in Mali. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You'll never know. Uh, right, Group D next. I've written Group of Death uh, next to this with a question mark next to it. But Spain, Czech Republic, Turkey and Croatia. Um, Spain, unsurprisingly, their holders in 2008-2012, they... Um, they were first in Group C qualifying. Only three goals conceded in this. Um, squad news for this for for Spain. Arsenal's Hector Bellerin is in after an injury to Caraval. Um, no Isco, no Zabilonzo, no Javi Martinez, no Diego Costa. Uh, in his place is a 35 um, Ruiz who scored 36 with Bilbao this season. I think, unless I've got that totally wrong. 
Um, five caps and one goal. And of course, they've got Alvaro Morata as well, who's had a very good season for the Avengers. It's a good squad of players again, and it's probably very good for them that they didn't take Costa because he'd be a bit of a liability, I reckon. Um, but again, the squad is, is really strong. They've got a lot of players that can make stuff happen. You said Morata's had a fantastic season, so he'll be buzzing anyway. And it's if he's angling for a move or if a move's come in, he might be able to sort of have this as, the, as his audition almost. I'm looking forward to seeing him because he uh, Real Madrid got buyback, first option buyback, haven't they? The only thing is with this, <clears throat> excuse me, is you've got the fact they won the last two Euros, but their World Cup two years ago was appalling, wasn't it? It was definitely one to forget, wasn't it? Is that a sort of a one-off, or is that symptomatic of something else? I reckon it's probably something that's going to be in the back of their minds, because they'll need a strong opening game to show that that's not going to happen again. Uh, so that, that's probably an added pressure that they're going to have to go through. Um, but I think, generally, I think they'll be fine. Um, it's a very tough group, and there's a lot of games there that are going to trip them up. But I don't think their World Cup thing is going to play on them too much after the first game. I think if they get a good opening game, then that's sort of going to be forgotten. Yeah. They've still got Andreas and Yester. I mean, they've definitely got the squad to do something with. I mean, that's not debatable. They've got a very, very good squad of players. They're all capable of making something happen. So it's difficult to rule them out just because of the World Cup. Yeah. I've got Nicole San Jose, who last time I saw was being booted out of Liverpool because... Okay. Um, Colin, how do you reckon um, Spain are going to be? Well, I mean, I think you know you, you're alluding to Germany being potential winners, and obviously yeah, the, the disastrous World Cup. But everyone's going to say, "Oh, it could be France, it could be Germany." I reckon if Spain click, they could win this. They could win the tournament, and I think they'll win this group easily. Um, I mean, I mean, easily. Del Bosque. Yeah, I think Del Bosque has been. I mean, Del Bosque has been there for ages, hasn't he? I mean, and is he still going to do crazy stuff like pick Casillas over De Gea? Um, I thought it's got any sense to go for De Gea, wouldn't he? Casillas is still his number one, isn't he? I don't think he is. Or have I, have I, got, have I got that wrong? Okay, fair enough. Well, no, I think you're probably right because Casillas has got 160, yeah, 166 caps. We talk about Podolski. I mean, he's still a very good goalkeeper, though, isn't he? I don't think that's... He's a captain. So, yeah, I think he'll, he'll play him over to Hay, which is weird. Um, yeah, I, 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 of all these teams we've been going through so far, if England came up against a, a team like Spain, I'd be very, very, very worried. Hmm. Oh, um, Ike Casillas, uh, when he was seven, his dad celebrated winning the pools worth about a million pounds. Uh, until discovering that seven-year-old Eager had forgot to hand in his coupon at the shop. No! <laughs> yeah. Good job he became a footballer in the end. <laughs> there you go. Imagine that, you'd forgive your children for that, wouldn't you, Colin? It turns out he's not safe hands after all. Wow, well, I mean, <laughs> if you've been watching, <laughs> watching the Porto this last year, you'd have already come to that conclusion. <laughs> yeah. He's not one of the greatest. Um... You see, I can, I can see these getting to the semi-final. I can see them losing to someone like Germany, who got the best team, or you've got France, who um, you know are on a nationalistic wave and playing at home. You see, this is where it's difficult, Chris, because I think you're trying to predict winners, yeah. semi-finalists, quarter-finalists already. 
I don't think we're going to have a good idea who's going to be in it to win it until after the group stages because I think there could be a couple of surprises there Um, so the only thing is I just think we we might make ourselves look a bit silly if we were saying (laughs) oh yes Spain are going to be in the final you know and uh, yeah but I mean I I think for this group I don't know what anyone else thinks but I think you you said it was group of death I don't know why you said that I think surely this is Spain's for the taking isn't it no I see I can see all of these teams beating each other including Spain um, wow. Czech Republic. Wow. Well, Czech Republic top group. Turkey? Down. Yeah. Turkey have got some decent players playing for them. They've got um, they've got Arditran playing for them. They've got Topal as well. I can see them doing okay. Mehmet Topal that are playing for them. Um, uh, you've got uh, Ozan Tufan as well. I think it, they're all very tricky games, aren't they? It's, it's not like Spain are going to be able to walk over these teams. I think, I think that's the thing. I don't think Spain are going to walk over any of these teams. I don't, I think these teams have probably got a bit more pride and their squads are strong enough where they'll either put in a good defensive display and frustrate Spain yeah. or they'll give Spain a really good game. If Spain come out and win two of the three, that, 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 you know, that would make sense. That's a realistic sort of assumption to make. But these teams will run them to the, the wire. I think these teams are really going to push them. Spain may come out on top. They probably will. But, you know, that's going to be very difficult games for them to have. I think each team is going to really give them a good game. I think you've got three teams here who are very small physical countries, but the people playing for them and the fans supporting them are very passionate both about their football and about their country as a whole. I think these will be very difficult games for Spain. You've got Bubba Canning goal for Turkey, and you've got uh, Yilmaz as well up front for them as well. Um, I think Spain have got quite a tricky group here. Turkey, yeah, I mean, uh, I can honestly, they've got Yuri Sahin as well playing for them. I can see, Turkey, it, I can see Turkey yeah. beating teams in this group, and then Czech Republic as well. Top group A. Okay, they conceded 14, but um, you know they, they top that group with the same group that the Dutch were in as well. Um, they've beaten Russia in a recent friendly. Uh, you know they beat Malta six 0 Blair, whatever. Um, but they got Petr Cech in goal, Tom Trzeciti, Yuri Skalak of Brighton, in, um, and Daniel Pudel of Sheffield Wednesday. So I mean they're sort of championshipish players, but they got some good players as well. And then. Croatia, um, again another one I've written dark horses next to, they came second in Group H behind Italy um, no Dejan Lovren because he's fallen out with the management because he thinks he should be first pick but they've got Modric, Kovacic uh, Rakitic, Mandzukic all of them midfield up front, they're really strong teams these I was just saying, the thing to, to know about those players are those are players at the top teams in their leagues, yeah. these aren't sort of you know, players that Sort of mid-table teams. These are players that are consistently week in, week out playing for the big teams. They've got a lot of experience. Yeah, I mean, you look at someone like Cruz and that. Well, no, sorry, Modric and people like that. They're, they're good players, and they'll definitely be able to do something against Spain. And they've all played in Spain, all played in Spain, haven't they? That Croatian team. Yeah, so they know they know how the Spanish players are going to play because they play with them every week. Yeah, and they beat San Marino ten 0 in a friendly. I didn't want to play Samarino. What was the point in that game? It's a friendly to see how many goals you could score and then boast <laughs> exactly. boast to your like club teammates. How many goals did you score against Samarino too? Yeah. 
Yeah. We scored five. Exactly. So have we convinced you in any way then, Colin? Um, yeah, I can, I can see the strength in Croatia. Um, and I put Spain and Croatia as my two going through. Um, but no, I wouldn't think... I wouldn't be too worried for Spain at all. Really? No, really, no. I, I, th- I think Spain have got potential to really kick on and do well in this tournament. I think they could, they could win it. OK, this is the one group I wouldn't like to call of who finishes where. So, I'll, you know, I'll leave that up to you guys if you want to do that. Well, well I, just, I just Spain and Croatia. Got it. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, same for me, Spain and Croatia. In any particular order? I'd say Spain top, Croatia second, but I think it's going to be very tight between the two. I don't. Th- I, I think it could even be settled by maybe goal difference. Okay. And um, do you think? Yeah. Okay. Where are we now? We are on Group E. We're almost there. Uh, Belgium, Italy, Republic of Ireland, Sweden. So Belgium top Group B. Um, in their qualifying group, strong Premier League. Uh, strong Premier League. Presence, 11 players uh, for the Premier League. There's no Kevin Morales, there's no Vincent Company. Um, they've also got Axel Witzel, who uh, I think he was in the Premier League, wasn't he? he was at, he's now at Zenit. You've got uh, Nangolan at Roma, who's been linked with Chelsea, and you've got, of course, Barcelona's Thomas from Ireland. These serious contenders? Yeah. Of course, he lacked two games last year and three medals or something. I think this is. This is my team. This is the team I'm going to pick to get into the final. Um, yeah, I, well, I did it for a couple of years ago for the World Cup. I, I really like Belgium as a team. You know, the problem is they never really seem to click at the tournament. Hazard had a pretty weak World Cup, if I can remember. They fall out a lot, they? Yeah, but the problem is, I think I look at that squad and I go, there's so many good talents in that squad that if on their day, they play really well in each game. I mean, it's a very difficult group. That's a very difficult group to win, or to, to even finish second in. It's going to be very tight. But there's so many good players in there. Hazard's on a bit of form. Lukaku's playing well. Kevin De Bruyne is on form. And you, you look at it and you go, there's players there to make a difference, and there's players to actually maybe take you further. If we're looking at teams like Wales, who are theoretically a one-man team, you know, it's what people would say. Belgium have got a lot of those players that are actually really, really good, and they could definitely make a difference. Mm. Colin, I just I, I have Colin. a feel they'll get to the final. Yeah. Ryan's nailed it. Yeah. Ryan's nailed it. I think Belgium are very, very strong prospects for me. Um, I think they've got so much quality, and Eden Hazard had a. An easy season. He's not. He's not really been testing himself that much, has he? Really. Yeah, but towards so, the end, he got better, didn't he? Yeah, he's in form now. You see. So um, I wouldn't even be surprised to see Eden Hazard having a cracking tournament as well, and maybe putting himself out there as player of the tournament. Um, I think, although it is a tough, tough group, I, I think Belgium are going to win this group, and I think. As Ryan said, I think they're ones to watch. I was going to say, I, I, I was a little bit sniffy, but I'm peering through their squad. You've got Courtois. It's uh, good. You've got Alderweireld. You? Yeah, you've got um, Vertonghen. And then in midfield, you go forward, you've got uh, Mangolin, Ditzel, Moussa Dembele, Kevin De Bruyne, Eden Hazard, Mertens, Carisco, 
Lukaku. It's looking good. I did look at this uh, Thomas Vermaal and Barry Ricky, uh, Sid Owens X in real life. <laughs> that's a random that's a random sort of where did they meet these know. are things I think about in life really. well, where, when, where were they oh. met yeah just like oh ooh, some random celebrities got together I wonder where they met oh <laughs> is this Ricky Ricky from EastEnders yeah oh go. not Bianca <laughs> god no <laughs> uh, yeah do you know what I think these will get caught up but they, they bond a bit at the World Cup, didn't they? they? That's my worry, is that their, their World Cup performance maybe was indicative of their... I think they're going to be there or thereabouts, either this campaign or the next one. The, the thing is, the squad's quite young still as well. You know, you've got players that are going to be hitting their their, their prime in a few years. It, I can't think of many more opportunities that Belgium have got to really make their mark. Well, I feel like this could be one of the tournaments could be. Defensive, they do look a little weak going. We've got Vermaelen, Vertonghen and Alderweireld. Uh, after that, you're getting a bit stuck. Um, you know, Vermaelen, he's not played an awful lot of football. True, but then you, you could say the same about England's defence anyway, because, you know, Alderweireld and um, Vertonghen, you know, second-place team in the Premier League, good defensive record. Cortaz had a bit of a stinky season to be quite honest but so he might be a bit of a doubt but he's still a fantastic goalkeeper yeah okay um Italy then let's jump to them they had a rather disastrous World Cup didn't they uh they topped group H um beaten finalists in 2012 of course and no Mario Balotelli who played in that final uh this is Antonio Conte's swan song isn't it before he takes over at Norbert yeah they're taking six strikers. They're taking Zaza, Graziano Pelli, uh, Immobile, Ida, Insigne, and El Shirawi, haven't they? That's an awful lot of strikers to take. He might go for the bizarre four-one-five strike or something. You know, just put as many strikers as you can, score as many goals as possible. <laughs> you see, I like Zaza. Whenever he comes on for Juventus, he does score, doesn't he? He doesn't play very often. I do like their. Oh, their midfield looks a little bit old. I did write this down because they've got no Pirlo, no Verratti. Um, and in midfield, they've got Jacarini, De Rossi, uh, and Motta, who are all over 30. But defence, you look at their defence, you've got Buffon in goal, then you've got Cellini, Barzoli, and Benucci, who all play for Juventus. So in the positions where it's important, they know each other, don't they? Yeah, you've got a very good squad of players that all play together week in and week out. So they know each other's strengths and they know each other's weaknesses, which is always great. You know, if you're a national team and you've got players playing in your country all for the same team and they're the top team, it's always a good sign when you've you've got that unity already before having to try and bomb that in the yeah. couple of weeks before the tournament. So their defence is going to be looking quite good. Their attack, as you already said, is looking pretty good. It, it's just. In games against, say they meet France eventually, you know, France have got a very strong midfield, and, and that's where the battle they could lose. I love Benucci, I love Buffon, I love Chiellini. I don't know who I love more. I, I, I love Buffon. Do you think? It's always, everyone oh, loves it Buffon. Is, I, it is Buffon. But you watch Buffon crying after a, after a Champions League game, and you just like, I feel so sorry for you. Oh, I know, I do love Chiellini though. I do like most of the players in this Italy team. Colin, what do you reckon for this Italy team? Rossi as well. Oh, I do want this Italy team to do well. Um, I would say no Pirlo, no party. I really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I reckon 
of all the big nations, big countries, if you if you want to see one that's gonna struggle, I think Italy's it. Hmm. I, I I fancy an early exit for Italy. Hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm not particularly yeah, I'm not particularly impressed by the team. Um, I think I think there was some debate about whether Balotelli should be included as well as one of their forwards, which I think shows you their lack in strength. I think their team's knocking on. I think it's old. Let's not forget they had an awful World Cup like England did um, in in the group stage. Um, and I don't. I don't know, whereas you could say England have maybe turned the corner and changed. I don't really think Italy have. Um, I think they could struggle in this group a little bit. If I'm being brutally honest, hmm. it's these a are group as well. Yeah, yeah. These are my ones to watch for for not potentially winning it. <laughs> I mean, of course, it's Italy. They always tend to do well. But um, yeah. I just don't think they might have enough to break teams down and get the goals that they need. If, if other, look, Republic of Ireland ain't going to go and try and beat them. They're going to try and put ten men behind the ball. Yeah, eleven men behind the ball, in fact. But I think they could come a cropper against someone like Republic of Ireland. And, I, I, yeah, I just don't fancy Italy for some reason. Okay. I mean, there was a case for Totti being included because he had a good end of season, didn't he? But could he have lasted his age at all? Yeah, but I think it, it's, it's good to take those type of players, those influential players that have got such a history and an experience in that environment. And you take players like that, and it, it could spur the other players on. You'd be a good person to sort of have around the is squad it, during training. My memory of Francesco Totti at the Euros is he gobbling in somebody's face at Euro 2000. And <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't have to mention that part. It's fine. No, Paul Lorenzo in Sydney. Uh, it's um, he was robbed at gunpoint in his car with a thief asking him to dedicate his next goal to him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's an odd one, isn't it? <laughs> Some balls, isn't it? Uh, okay, so <coughs> excuse me. I think Verratti will be a big miss for them. So we we haven't got any great feelings towards this Italy team. Though I would love it if they did get very far. Yeah, I mean, the good thing about Italy going out early is Conte has more time to focus on pre-season for <laughs> Chelsea. So there's you know there's pros and cons for each way, really. This is entirely sort of self-serving, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not like you know biased or anything at all. I don't wish Italy to go out early so Conte has time to research players, but it's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, well let's talk about Ireland then. I've written um, weakest team at tournament question mark next to them. They qualified third in Group D. Um, General seemed a little bit dead, didn't they? With not so many games to go, uh, Scotland beat them, didn't they? But they took seven points out of nine um, in their last three games after Scotland, Scotland cocked up that last minute goal against Poland, didn't they, rather hilariously. Um, they'd taken a 40-year-old Shane Given, who was that old, he can remember Roy Keane stomping off at the 2002 World Cup. Uh, they lost 2-1 to Belarus and drew 1-1 with Holland. After the Belarus game, Roy Keane let rip a lot of the um, squad players in that, the ones sort of outside the first 11. I'm struggling to find anybody inspiring in that squad. But if anyone can point to someone, I'd be Surprising yeah, it, it's it's looking rather tragic, isn't it? Really, it's not looking good. No, um, I, yeah, Shane Long, I think maybe. Maybe he's a good player. He's had a good. He's had a fairly good season, but 
he's not he's not a high qual- high enough quality to carry that team by any stretch. No, I mean I'm looking through this team: James McLean, James McCarthy, Glenn Whelan. But these are these are all top players in the top of their league. <laughs> Come on, Colin, make a case for Ireland. I can't. I can't. I think. Uh, I mean, the, the news from Ireland is that they they want rid of Martin O'Neill. Um, yeah, it's costing too much money, mate. All right. I think they'd love someone to snatch uh, snatch him off them, so they could appoint someone cheaper. Um, I don't think it's a very happy camp. I think it might be one of the least happy camps of all the teams going there. Mm. Roy Keane's just a, a walking disaster zone. He's kicking off with his players the game before they go to a tournament. We'll be tired if their training ground and hotel facilities aren't <laughs> in good nick. And someone's forgot the football. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just, it just sounds to me like it's a very angry place to be at the moment. Um, and I think, yeah, I don't think they'll be whipping boys. I think they will try. But I, I think they're going to struggle. Okay. Um, Sweden. How far can we go before we mention the Z word? Your favourite player, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah. Future Manchester United player. No. <laughs> king of the world. King of the world. He'd love to be, wouldn't he? God, imagine that world. Do you not know he's already a king and a legend? <laughs> yes, God. he is, isn't he? Uh, they qualified third in Group G, didn't they? Uh, they've got British-based players. They've got um, Mikhail Lustig, Martin Olsen, uh, Seb Larsson. They've got John Gidetti and Andres Isaacson as well, who used to be with Manchester City. Oh, anything other than that Bellin. <laughs> no, no. He, he scored 11 of their 19 goals in qualifying. He'll probably score a cracker. He'll probably do that, you know, that pose where he scores, and he's just like, you know what, that goal was amazing, and I'm not going to celebrate it. I'm just going to stand here looking around, no, seeing everyone's observation. He does that little sort of weird birdie flap, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he'll put his arms like next to him and just be like, that was rather good, right now after scoring some sort of outrageous bicycle kick, and then that'll be it. Well, I mean, he's 34, isn't he? So this is his last chance to do anything this week. Yeah, I mean, I can't see Sweden getting out of this group. I think with Belgium and Italy, they're going to be taking a lion's share of the points. So it only depends how many points Sweden can pick up. Hmm. Not that many, I reckon. Uh, but... <laughs> Colin, what do you reckon? At the end of the day, Zlatan is a good player. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a big head, but he's a good player. Um, I fancy him to finish second. In this group, yeah. Okay. What's your order then? If so, you going Belgium, Sweden, Bel- Belgium, Sweden, and Italy to get through as a third place team. And... I'd swap I'd, I'd Italy and Sweden round in mine. Yeah, I would. I'd, I still fancy Belgium to win the group. Yeah, yeah so do I. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I was going to say they're very handsome. The Swedish team. Don't say that. Slatan will probably hear it and go, "God, that guy thinks I'm handsome." <laughs> if he listens to this, then get it, get in touch, Latin. <laughs> Tell us where you're moving to. Yeah, and we'll let you on one week when I'm not presenting. Group <laughs> uh, F. Finally, we're here at the end. Uh, Portugal, Iceland, Austria, Hungary. Um, this is a hipster's choice. This group, isn't it? Should we start with Portugal? 
Is it, is, is, it, is it hipster's choice? I'd say it's boring. It, no, I'd say this is a hipster's choice. Iceland and Austria. And Ricardo Quaresma, of course, in Portugal. Don't forget him. Yeah, the, the key player. Forget Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They've well... got former Chelsea legend Ricardo Quaresma. <laughs> <laughs> well, they qualified first in Group 1 ahead of Albania, Denmark and all that lot. Um, I did look through their team. Quaresma, you know, as ageless as the man is, he's 32. Nani's 29. Ronaldo's 31. They've also got... Jamatini is 29, Ricardo Carvalho is 38, and Bruno Alves is 34. This is quite an old team, isn't it? So really, still is that really old? How Carvalho is? Yeah. But jeez, I didn't think he was that old. Yeah, I mean, I don't but... know whether he was stuck because they've got Cedric Soares and Jose Font and Pepe having in defence. So. Yeah, well, I mean, Pepe's probably going to get banned for doing something outrageous. Mm. Anyway, well, I mean, to be honest, this well, is probably the most. That's going to be the most entertaining group because you just get to watch Pepe for three games, just seeing how many times he can like fall over. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Pepe's thirty-three. Jose Font's thirty-two. I mean, it's not a young team, this, is it? And let's not forget, Iceland have got a really fast striker in <laughs> Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like remember that Father Ted episode where they uh, they sort of manage the old folks home. <laughs> this is what this group is. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so are we confident Portugal will top this group despite their elding aging team? Yeah, yeah. I can't mm. see them go very far. Yeah, I think they'll they'll hit one of the big boys and then that'll be it. I reckon. Yeah, Colin, sorry, you're going to say something. Yeah, I mean, Portugal stand out as probably the best out of this group. I, I don't think any of them are going to sort of threaten any of the big boys. Um, Hungary are poor. Iceland are going to try, but they're poor. Um, so that leaves you with Austria and Portugal, really. I, I fancy Iceland to finish second for some reason. I don't know why. Well, do you, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I can go with that. Just, yeah. just, just because I love Ike Johnson. <laughs> I wish him well. Have they got Sigurdsson as well? Yeah, they got Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah, Sigurdsson's Aaron. a very good player. He's a very consistent player. Yeah, Aaron Gunnarsson as well. Um, Eidegger Johnson made his debut, 37-year-old Eidegger Johnson made his debut 20 years ago and he came on as a sub for his dad. Yes, he did. did. Yeah. People, people are suggesting that he's going to keep playing until he can sub his own son on. <laughs> um, and Ricardo Quaresma, of course, first left um, Besiktas when he... Uh, threat to sue an executive for falsely claiming that Quaresma got his knackers out and wheedled over the training ground staff. Not the training ground, but the training ground staff. They <laughs> <laughs> no. must have seen him. It takes time, doesn't it, to sort of get little Ricardo out and start weeing. I can't wee in front of anybody. I always get caught. I always get a sort of stage fright. Maybe they were like sitting on a bench or something and he snuck up behind them. Well, he could have done, but yeah, I always, I always struggled to do that in front of others. As well as he was a very fast player back in the day. Have... <laughs> well, there we go. Um, so that's I used to have, I used to have that same problem, Chris. Yeah. But you, you can build yourself up and get. And what? Oh, he's gone. Colin. Over that. You talking about winging public toilets? Yes. Sorry, building yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. You broke up. What did you say? 
Oh, sorry, sorry, I've broken up. I was saying I, I had the same problem hmm. once, but I got over it. Are you talking about weeing in public? Yeah. I mean, I presume you mean in the toilet as opposed to like a bush. Yes. Or something. Yes. Yeah. You can get yourself over it. I, I'm not like saying self help tapes, but. <laughs> Counseling or something. Yeah, it's just a mental state of mind. Well, the way I tend to do it is just get. You just drink till I'm ready to burst and then go. Yeah. Forget football, folks. Let's forget the Euros. <laughs> We're going to do Colin's, Colin's tips for life. I think that's going to be in the new series. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 tips. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, did you used to be one of those guys like me who used to hang outside the one cubicle in, the, in a pub toilet waiting for the guy to finish his shit so he could go in there? Oh, no, that's then, problem. Rather than, oh, all right, okay, sorry, go <laughs> on, what's the problem? That's what I do, yeah. I can do that in your ride, no problem. Oh. <laughs> I've got funny visions of what's going on in the sink here. <laughs> I've seen that before as well. Do you that freckles game? Shoot talk about Iceland quickly. Uh, Iceland are managed by Lars Lagerback of Sweden. Um, yeah, Best name ever. It is pretty good, isn't it? Uh, they qualified second in Group A ahead of Turkey and Holland. You see, Turkey and Holland are no bugs, are they? I think they could do something here. Austria are pretty good as well. Um, they top Group G unbeaten. They got David Alaba as their star player. Um, they got Marco Janko of Basel, who's scored 26 goals and 52 caps. And they've also got Mark Reinauto of Stoke. So they're both pretty decent. I reckon it's them two, one of those two for second. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't really know where to go for. I mean, Portugal will win the, win the group, but I don't. It'd be really interesting case for second and third and I don't know whether this group might sneak the best third team out of out of all the other groups really because I feel like Austria and Hungary might sort of trade some wins and it, it, you might end up seeing quite a competitive group actually I think Portugal will, will finish on top but the other three teams will probably have a, bit of a good old fight for second and third well Hungary got 40 year old Gabal Karali in goal for them that's experience that they ain't got on that's fine <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to go for Austria's top group. I reckon they're going to be Portugal. I can't see it myself, but... I'm yeah, to... I don't know. I'm going to go Austria, Portugal, then Iceland. Portugal, Iceland, Austria. Okay. Just because. Oh, sorry, Paul. Just because. Well, just because just Iceland. I love Iceland. Yeah? There you go. Yeah. You shot there or something, you? No, I just... just... I like the players. I think it'd be it'd be good to see those players get an opportunity to sort of. They're a handsome Nordic bunch as well. To the next round. Pictures. Yeah. Um, Colin, how do you reckon? Which way round do you think this is? Oh, okay. Portugal never seems to top groups, but okay. Let's go Portugal and Austria, and Iceland. As plucky third place team that gets through, because I think they are going to go go for it at every single game. Hmm. Okay. You know why everyone's got you know they've got no surnames in Iceland, don't you? Do you all know this story? No. No. If you're a boy in Iceland, your name comes from your dad. So, um, where are we? Where's Gilfi Sigerson? So Gilfi Sigerson, uh, Gilfi Sigerson's dad was called uh, Sigurd. 
So he's Gilpy, so he's Sigurd's son. Ah, okay, that's interesting. So when Gilfy becomes a dad, his son will be called whatever his first name is, and then Gilfyson as his surname. Or if he has a daughter, he will be the, the daughter's name will be something Gilfy dotted, which is Icelandic for daughter. That's very that's a very clever way of doing it. Yeah, I like that a lot. There you go. Another reason why I have to need to finish seconds. It's a pretty good reason, though, isn't it? So as good as some of the reasons we had for our five side teams. So well, to be, yes, to be, we, we weren't too picky with those, were we? <laughs> <laughs> well, we made it, guys. We've gone all the way through. Um, so I know we're going to do this probably to reveal all at the end of the tournament. But predictions: Who's going to win the whole thing overall? One word from each of you. Go on, Ryan. Oh, see, you, you're just buying more time to have a think now. <laughs> All right, well, we'll start. I was, I, was sort of, I was sort of hoping you'd go first. Ah, well, um, I would say... Oh, I'll, you go then. I'll, I'll go first then, so you can have a little bit more time. Um, everybody knows what I'm going to say. I'm going to say England. <laughs> it's, hey, it's going to happen at some point, and I also... <laughs> so you're doing this on the law of averages rather than skill or, or talent? Well, it's, 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 it's due coming in. It's been a while since 66. Um, There's probably been a reason why it's been a while as well. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, England, but if I could have a sneaky side bet, um, I would also say I'm going to keep a close eye on Belgium. Okay, right. I only have for Germany to win the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, Belgium final. Again, same as Colin. All right. Well, I'm going to go Germany-France final. We made it. We did it. Yeah. I mean, we're all going to look foolish now anyway, so we might need to edit this out later and like take it down, re-edit it, and just paste in. We should probably just say all the teams. Yes. And then someone can paste it together at the end. So it's like, somehow, I don't know, so the Republic of Ireland win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, who's going to win it? Well, I think it's going to be Republic of Ireland. Yeah, Or go. something, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, look, that's the end of this podcast, our predictions podcast. We will be doing some more of these during the actual tournament itself. We'll be talking about games that have happened and looking forward to some uh, some forthcoming games. So hopefully you all enjoy us with that. Um, you guys will be around for that, will you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I seem to remember they were very well organised before, weren't they, Colin, and in the, um, the World Cup? Yeah, we did them fairly regularly, obviously after England games. Um, and a lot of the home nations and Republic of Ireland games will, will probably be putting a podcast out very quickly. If there's some of the boring dual games, then we may leave it a day or two. But, uh, yeah, they were pretty uh, fast and furious coming out um, in the last tournament, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, um, manofthepost.com is the website. Um, at manofthepost is the Twitter and Instagram accounts. You can rate reviewers on Acast and iTunes. You can subscribe to us via iTunes as well. Uh, any five-star reviews are very gratefully received. Um, Ryan, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, my handle is at the Ryan Goodman. All right, Colin. I am at Cas C A S seven zero seven. Okay. Um, so all that remains to be said is thank you ever so much for listening. And if you still, if you've made it through to the very, very end, give yourself a little pat on the back and a round of applause. It's much appreciated. And always remember to keep your man on the. Floor.